0: just want to mention a couple of things before I uh, get into my message. And uh, Our summer camp is filling up, so if you haven't registered your kids or your grandkids or your neighbor's kids or whoever's kids, I encourage you to get that done quickly, otherwise you may find that we're sold out. I think some age groups are almost sold out already, so uh, make sure you uh, do that right away. Um, summertime is coming and lots of things happening and people traveling about. And you can keep connected with us uh, throughout the summer via Facebook or Instagram. Um, If you don't get our regular weekly uh, e-newsletter, then I encourage you to sign up on the connection card to get that. Just uh, give us your information, and we'll be happy to send it out to you every Friday so you can keep track of what's happening here at the church. Of course, we want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in your giving throughout the summer and if you haven 't automated your giving if you 're going to be traveling a lot and you haven 't automated your giving, I encourage you to do that. You can see Liz at the welcome desk and she 'd be happy to set you up uh, using your credit card or your your debit card uh, to be able to um, to be able to make sure that uh, your funds are being transferred to the church. Um, and your giving is continuous, even if you uh, happen to be taking a weekend off here or there we 'd really appreciate that because our certainly um, uh, we'll be continuing on here. The work will be continuing on, and our mission our vision will be continuing to go. One of the exciting things that happened this week you know when, I guess really throughout the year, one of our really exciting ministries has been our junior high ministry. Uh, Pastor Nate has been meeting with uh, kids from the community um, junior high age every Wednesday evening and wrapped up. Uh, the junior high program for the year this uh, past Wednesday. And really felt impressed uh, this week to uh, just give the kids an opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. And uh, six kids responded on Wednesday night to receive Christ. So we, uh, we're excited about, about news like that and hear things like that. So We appreciate those of you who give regularly and are able to support our mission and our vision for the community as we, as we uh, work to, to uh, reach our community with the love of Jesus, all of South Ottawa and beyond. We have people coming from all over, and uh, so we appreciate that very much. As I mentioned last week... Um, uh, myself, I'm going to be taking a few weeks off this summer, a few extra weeks off, take my vacation plus some extra weeks off uh, just to refresh and recharge. I'm calling it my summer Sabbath. And so um, after today, you might not see me here uh, for a few weeks, but uh, I will, uh, I'll be around and uh, just, uh, you can be praying for me that the Lord would meet me in a special way and that we would just continue to uh, to hear from the Lord as what the the uh, the... The goals that we have as a church and our community, and that uh, so I'm excited about just being able to spend time with my family, with the Lord, and uh, so encourage you just to keep me in your prayers as well. Last week we started a series that's going to take us through the summer on the Book of James, and uh, as I said last week, I'll start the uh, the series here with the first two weeks, and then uh, I'll be back in mid-August to finish up the series, and in between, Pastor Nate and Pastor Eric. We'll be filling in as well. We have some guests coming in to speak as well throughout the summer. So you won't want to miss uh, the good things that are going on here all summer long. And uh, last week we talked about the first uh, section in the book of James, in the first chapter of the book of James. You know, if you're not familiar with the Bible, which, you know, uh, some, some people aren't because, you know, myself, I grew up in church and with the Bible, I understand it, you know. It's, uh, it's a series of books, right? It's not one book. We, we package it like one book uh, But it's actually 66 books in the Bible And, uh, and uh, the book of James is in the New Testament It's one of the last books in the Bible So if you're looking for the book of James And you're holding a book in your hand um, That doesn't have a search feature to it <laughs> Like your phone might or your app might uh, You just you go to the right, the very right side of your Bible And uh, you'll find it there just ahead of the book of Revelations And a few other books there but James was written by uh, a man named James who happened to be the brother of Jesus and uh, was the leader of the church in uh, Jerusalem. And he writes this at a time when the church had uh, been dispersed because of persecution. The church in Jerusalem fell under great persecution. Uh, uh, believers were being uh, tortured and killed and all kinds of things were happening um, ...to try to stem the growth of the Christian church in the city of Jerusalem. And so many of those people fled to uh, farther regions outside of uh, Palestine even into the Roman Empire which served actually to, um, to do the opposite of what the persecutors wanted because they wanted to kind of stop things, but forcing everybody to spread out, they took the news everywhere they went, and the church began to spread even more across the Roman Empire because of this dispersion of these persecuted Christians. But James stayed in Jerusalem, and he continued to encourage uh, his uh, congregation by writing uh, this letter. And uh, so this letter is an encouragement to those people and some really practical advice that he gives to them on how to live out their faith in their new communities, in their new, uh, in the circumstances that they find themselves in. Last week we talked about the fact that uh, James uh, admonished them about the difficult times they were experiencing. He said, don't lose heart in those difficult and uh, hard times. Understand that that God is able to work in the midst of that to, to develop character in you, perseverance. And we talked a little bit about the fact that sometimes when we face persecution, our tendency is to ask a lot of questions and look for quick answers. And in a lot of the trials and difficulties of life, there are no quick answers. Um, and when people give you quick answers, they're usually not very helpful. So instead, James suggests to us, instead of asking questions, ask God for wisdom. Because what we really need in those difficult times of our life is the wisdom of God to be able to to grow and develop and face the trials and difficulties of our life. But today we're going to move on and we're going to talk about looking in the mirror. Now I want you to picture this scenario with me. Just imagine that you work in an office building downtown and it's a lovely summer day. And uh, you decide you're going to go out for lunch today and uh, you're going to go get something healthy uh, because you're that kind of person, right? You want to eat something healthy. And so you're going to go down to the corner to the little restaurant, uh, uh, takeout restaurant that makes really nice salads. Not just a lettuce salad. You really want to be healthy today. So it's going to be like something like kale or something like that, you know? or chopped up Brussels sprouts or something. You know, something really healthy. You're going to go down and you're going to get something really healthy for your lunch on this beautiful summer day. And as you come down and you come out of the elevator and you walk up the front of your office building, right in front of the office building is this um, hot dog vendor. And you smell those hot dogs. And you're hungry. And you give up on the idea of the kale salad and you give in and you buy a hot dog. And you know, you uh, you get your hot dog in the bun, and you put on your ketchup, and you put on your mustard, and whatever else you like on your hot dog. And uh, and oh, why not? You get a you get a, a a soda pop to go with it. I mean, you've blown the the kale thing already, so might as well go all the way, right? And then you go find a little spot to sit under a tree, maybe in a park or something like that, and you eat your hot dog and you enjoy it thoroughly. It's really tasty cuz there's nothing like a hot dog from a vendor you know you make a hot dog at home it's just but you got a hot dog from a vendor it's really great right so you go back to work after eating your hot dog and, uh, and you know, you, you, you got a meeting with the boss right after that and then you got another meeting with a client and you got another meeting and you meet all these people and halfway through the afternoon you, you decide it's your break time and you go to a washroom and, you know, you, you do your thing and then you go and you're washing your hands and then you look at yourself in the mirror and you see you got mustard <laughs> right here. You've been going all day with mustard on your face. That meeting with your boss, that meeting with your client, you had mustard on your face. And you think, oh, I should have checked myself in the mirror. And immediately, you get a paper towel, you wet it, and you wipe it off, right? And then you you think, I hope nobody noticed, but you know everybody noticed you had mustard on your face. And it took looking into the mirror to get rid of it. James says this, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free... And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. James says that your Bible, the Word of God, we call it, it's a, it's a, it's a, a, um, a, a communication. We believe it's a communication from God to us. It's full of wisdom. You know, James is talking about wisdom Ask God for wisdom. Where are you going to go to get wisdom? A good place to go is the word of God into the Bible. And he says, you know, that's a good place to go. And he says, going to the Bible is kind of like looking in the mirror. Because the Bible will reflect back to you the kind of person that you ought to be. And will expose to you some of the areas in your life that maybe need to be cleaned up a little bit like mustard on your face. It will show you some of the flaws in your life and will help you to, to be able to know what to do. Now, James says, when you look at the Word, it's like looking into the mirror. So if you look into the mirror and you see something, you need to take care of it. If you don't take care of it, it's kind of like going to the mirror that afternoon and saying, oh, I got mustard on my face and not doing anything about it and walking out and going to your next series of meetings still with mustard on your face. Because the truth of the matter is the flaws that you are seeing in the mirror are probably flaws that other people already see in your life. It's truth. We're probably one of the last ones to know when something isn't quite right about how we're living our life. You know, it's a lot easier to judge other people and the Bible says we shouldn't do that we should be careful about that because oftentimes when we're judging other people, we're neglecting to evaluate our own self. Jesus said, you know, why bother pointing out the splinter in someone else's eye because you've got a beam coming out of your own eye. So why point out the mustard on someone else's face when you got it you all know, smeared all over you? Right? That's kind of what Jesus is saying. So the important thing is not to judge others, but to judge yourself, because they're probably seeing something in you that's even greater. So the Bible is like a mirror that we look into. Now, it's not a mirror that's easy necessarily to understand. It was written ancient times. The Old Testament was written way, way back, thousands of years ago. And the New Testament is the first century. It was written in the first century. So some of the things in there are, are, are relating to a culture that we're not necessarily familiar with. And uh, and God gives laws, he gives rules to those cultures and to those uh, times that it takes, for us, it takes discernment to understand what God is really saying about those things. You see, back in the Old Testament, God gave a law uh, to the Israelites, and in those laws, he talked about dietary laws, all kinds of things, because these were people that had no understanding. They were slaves that had come out of Egypt. They'd been living, being told what to do, what to eat, what to wear, when to get up, when to go to bed. They were were slaves. They had no self-understanding of what was good for them. They had lost track of all of that because they were literally slaves to the Egyptian masters. And so when they came out of slavery, God established a law for them that told them very specific things, when to wash, when, you know, the same way as you would train your children, because they don't understand about how to care for themselves, God gave them very specific details. So we would look at that and we would say, well, do I have to keep all of those laws exactly that way? Well, no, Jesus said actually that we don't have to keep those laws. Not the specific laws, but the law is perfect, the Bible says, and so we need to look into the law of God and we need to determine with discernment what is that saying. You see, what the dietary laws of the Israelites tell us or teach us is that God cares about your body. He cares about what you do. He loves your body. He created you. And our body is not something that is separate from the sacred. Some people see their bodies as, you know, some... some uh, have seen the body as evil and our spirit as good, but our body is good as our spirit and our soul is good. Every part of us is good. God loves every part of us and he wants us to take care of our bodies. So those dietary laws teach us that we ought to be, pay attention to our bodies and how we care for them. So that means maybe we should have gone for the kale and not the hot dog. So when we look at this Word of God, we're we're to look at it with discernment and we're to to evaluate what it says to us and how we are to to apply it to our own life. And then, James says, we should go and do it. When God speaks to us from His Word, when He shows us the truth in His Word and we apply it to our lives, we need to go out and do it. Just like we need to wipe that mustard off our face. Action is always required. You see, there are a lot of people that agree with the Bible in principle. They think Jesus had good teaching. They think that a lot of these things are good ideas, very high ideals, but, well, it's not for me, or I'll, I'll wait and I'll do that part of my, or fix that part of my life later on. When we understand what we should do, we should do it. We shouldn't go out with that mustard on our face. We should take care of it when we realize it. So we need to read the word and understand it. Around this section of scripture, James actually talks about some things that maybe we would see when we looked in the mirror, some reflections when we look in the mirror. The first one in the verses just before it says this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. One of the points of self-evaluation is, you know, you can remind yourself with the words quick, slow, slow. Say quick, slow, slow. Say quick, slow, slow. Try that again. Quick, slow, slow. All right? You be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You see, when you look at that mirror of the Word of God, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you need to ask yourself, how am I doing in my relationships with others? Your relationships with others is one of the first areas that will reveal to you the kind of person you are and some of the things that you need to work on in your life. One of the things you need to ask yourself, am am I a good listener? Or am I always the one that's talking? Am I always the one that's just, you know, giving advice to everybody else and not really listening to their heart and to what's going on in their life? Am I a person of compassion? Am I a person of grace and understanding? Or am I just a person that, that wants to tell everybody how to live just like me? Furthermore, is my response to people anger? James goes on to say that anger is. Is not consistent with the righteousness of God. Anger is one of those things that when you see it in the mirror, you need to understand it's pointing to something that's seriously wrong in your life. Anger is one of those things we easily dismiss. Oh, he's just a hothead. Oh, he just, you know, he just goes off the handle, but he comes around eventually. Oh, she just you know—she just blows off steam every once in a while. Anger is one of those things that when you see it in the mirror, it should be a warning sign to you. It should be a, a trigger that you need to start looking deeper inside as to what is motivating you and seek the healing and the help of the Lord in your life because anger is not something that is consistent with the righteousness of God. It's one of those things that the Word of God says is is something that often leaves uh, wounded people around you. If you have angry people in your life, you need to be praying for them. Don't excuse them. Don't accuse them, but don't excuse them. Pray for them. Anger is not a good thing. It's not a healthy thing. And they need to look in the mirror, and you need to look in the mirror. James is telling us here, he's kind of, he's kind of setting up the mirror and saying, Hey, are you, are, are you quick to listen? Are you slow to speak? Are you slow to get angry? That's a good one, a reflection in the mirror. Another reflection in the mirror, he talks about filthy things, filthy germs. Strong words here. He says... So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives, and humbly accept the word of God, has, the, the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. A lot of the, the, the Old Testament laws uh, were to keep the people clean. And there was, a, there was a real strong sense of being clean and not touching things that are unclean. So there were rules about touching dead bodies and decaying things. Now, to us in our culture, we, we have come to understand that, uh, that there are things that are germy. We have a scientific understanding that understands about germs, or at least most of us do. I mean, we have to constantly be reminded to wash our hands. <laughs> there's signs in every washroom, there's you know, all over the place telling, wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Um, because I think some of us believe that we might be immune to certain germs. But there's danger lurking all around us in this area, not just in the physical, but also in the spiritual and the things of our soul. And when we see them in our lives, when we see these things that maybe we could call them germy or filthy or dirty, morally impure, things that that infect us, infect our souls and cause decay, stuff under the surface... A sickness of our soul. These things, the word of God will reveal to us. In fact, the Bible tells us the word of God is planted and there's an an intuitiveness when we are followers of Christ. There's an intuitiveness in us that tells us these things are wrong. You know, uh, sometimes we wait for a study to tell us that, oh, it's it's not good to watch too much TV. Or it's not it's not good for us to to view pornography or it's not good for us to drink too much or it's not good for us to um, uh, carry on with, uh, with, with people outside of our our marriage relationship or all kinds of other things. But people can be so blind and they play and they dabble with these kinds of things in their life and then they find down the road that they've been infected by an internal germ, a bondage, a a filth in their life. And they find themselves doing things that they didn't imagine. They find themselves having an affair. They find themselves uh, stealing from others because greed has taken hold. They find themselves... Um, being violent towards others because they've, they've allowed hatred to take root in their lives. These are the things that start to grow small. Germs always start small. Filth always starts small. But it grows and grows and grows and grows and it can consume and take over and it can kill. And so when we see these things revealed in our life, don't wait till it's grown way beyond what we could ever control or when when our life has gotten out of control, we need to deal with it right away. When the word of God planted in our heart, checks us in our spirit, says maybe this isn't the most healthy thing for me to be doing. Maybe watching 12 hours of Netflix in a row is not the best thing for my mind and for my soul. These things need to be clean before we are corrupted. Another reflection in the mirror is about lingering hypocrisy. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. James is saying here that, you know, one of the other areas that you can look at is what comes out of your mouth. How do you speak? Are you a person that edifies or are you a person that tears down? Do do your words, do your words of, um, are your words filthy? Are they they exposing what's going on in your heart? Jesus said, it's not, our heart is not corrupted by what we say. Our heart, our, our words are affected by what's already in our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, your mouth will speak. And so if you find yourself speaking out anger or hatred or violence, or you find yourself speaking out uh, uh, morally impure things, it's a sign that there's something wrong going in. And you can claim to be a believer. You can claim to be a follower of Christ. You can claim that you are, are a religious person. But if your words don't match that, What's in the heart will actually come out. Is it a heart that's filled with praise and thanksgiving and edification? Or is it a mouth that is filled with anger and rage and filth? You know, if you are, if you are a person that that's what's coming out of your mouth all the time as you walk through life, you better your best not to tell people you're a Christian. Well, that's what James is saying. If you're claiming that you're religious, that you're a follower of Christ, that you're a Christian, but your, your mouth is spewing out these kind of things, then, you know, you're, you're really giving yourself away and you're not helping the course or the, 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 the cause of your faith. And what he says is that the test of really the test of your true faith is found in the love you have in your heart for other people. He says it this way Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. You will stand out amongst your peers and amongst the world as someone who is, is a. Is a uh, A believer, a follower of Christ, when your words and everything about you expresses love towards others. Uh, Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if I could speak in the languages of earth and of angels, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. What it comes down to is our heart of love. You see, if our mouth is spewing out hatred towards certain groups in our society... If we, are, if we are mocking those who are weak and poor, if we, are, if we are raging against those who think differently or act differently than us, then we're not being consistent with the love that God has for every human being that he has created. These are the tests. These are the things that we look into the mirror of God's word. And these are just, this is just a little glance that James gives us in these verses of things that we can be looking for, things that we can be evaluating ourselves. These are the little bits of mustard on our face that that, that tell everybody around us, we didn't eat the salad, we ate the hot dog instead. These are the things that people see about you by the words you say, by the actions that you live. And the challenge for each one of us is to look deep into our own hearts through the word of God now, how do you do that? Well, you need, to be, you, need to, you need to read the word, I guess. You need to listen to teaching. I guess you're getting a little bit of it right now. You're coming on Sundays. You get a little teaching. You join one of our small groups. You get usually a glance into God's word or the principles of God's word. But probably on your own, you need to be taking time on a regular basis to read and, and, and the words of God in the Bible. And not just reading it so that you can learn it and become a great scholar of the bible or theology but look at it as a mirror and see yourself in it you see the bible isn't there just as a as a rule book or a history book or a science book or any of those things the book the bible is really a place that we can re- see the reflection of ourselves there's stories in there of people some of them have been successful many of them had weaknesses many of them have failures you see, the Bible doesn't just varnish over everybody's problems and everybody's difficulties and everybody's stupidity. It's all there to read. And that becomes a mirror for us to look at. Oh, I'm a bit like him. There's a story of a king, David, one of the greatest kings of Israel, and he well, he spent time sitting on the rooftop of his house looking at over at the rooftop of another house where a woman regularly took a bath. And lust grew in his heart as he watched this woman over and over and over again. And finally he went out and he, he had her called to him. And he took her into his home. Literally, because he was the king, because of his position of power and his ability to force her, he raped her. And she became pregnant. And he killed her husband so that his, his own sin would be covered up. Those are the stories that we look in and they reflect to us what lust does to our hearts, why it's dangerous to just take glances at things like that, why it's dangerous for us to, to, to cover over our own sins, and how it can escalate beyond what we ever imagined. That's just one story of many. And that's why the word of God, even the stories in the Old Testament, even the law in the Old Testament, those are good things for us to understand, that God loves us and he cares enough about us that he even cares about what we do in our bodies, what we do in our mind, how we treat other people, how we live our lives on a daily basis. Those things matter, and it's reflected in God's word. Before Ian comes, I want to just pray for you. Lord, I pray right now that you would help us as we look at our own lives, Lord. I pray, Lord God, for those here this morning who regularly read your word, Lord, who know your word. I pray that you would make it fresh in our hearts and our lives again, and that we would see it not just as a book that we study and that we know, but it would be a book that reflects back to us the image that, God, you desire in our life, and the, and, the, and the flaws and the failures in our own hearts. I pray, Lord, for those here in this service today that maybe haven't made the Scripture part of their regular diet, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I pray, Lord God, that you would move their hearts, Lord God, so that they could, they could see the value of spending time in your Word, growing in you, and see their reflection in that word. I pray that, God, you would continue to work in each one of our lives to make us more like you and to build the righteousness of God and Christ in our own lives and our own hearts. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.